Good morning. It's time for Awaken with Dr. Joe and Mark Holcraft. Awaken airs the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 7 a.m. Central with the executive director of Real Presence Radio, Mark Holcraft, and his brother, Dr. Joe Holcraft, professor and director of the High Calling Program at the Avila Institute. Together with a mix of national and local personalities, connecting examples in church history, contemporary relevance, and lively witness of the saints, Mark and Joe will share how the Holy Spirit is working to awaken in all of us a deeper sense of what we are made for, a life in Christ. Good morning, friends, ladies and gentlemen, in the Real Presence Radio Network area. (laughs) It's good to be with you this morning. Uh, I'm very excited to share with you this morning's, not only just the scripture, but the overall theme and as we continue to explore the questions that Jesus is asking. You know, again, I'm joined with Dr. Joe Holcraft. Joe is joining me from Ohio, and I feel like there's been past shows recently where I've been on the road as well, but I'm here in the Fargo studio, and Joe's with us from Ohio. Good morning, Joe. Great to be with you, Mark. Thank you. Good to be with you, too. Before we dive too much further in, let's go ahead and begin with our opening prayer, huh? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we thank you for this beautiful morning. We ask for your Holy Spirit to guide us, to indeed aliven and awaken in us a relationship with you, whether it's through the lives of the saints, through the lives of the life of the church, through our knowledge and growth, of what the, the faith teaches us, what the Catholic Church teaches us. We yield to you, Holy Spirit, and your authority to awaken in us, but also invigorate in us, renew in us a desire to know you and be known by you. We pray all this in and through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary, model of disciples and discipleship. Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. You know, so Joe, one of the things I was just pondering right before we got jumped on this morning, you know... It's so interesting, really, the focus and emphasis that we're exploring as we look at the questions that Jesus offers and the questions surrounding that, that were pointed at Jesus, there's really, there's just a key backdrop to all of this, Joe, and, and that is mm. when, when God speaks, we need to listen, huh? <laughs> mm. When yeah. God speaks, we need to listen, and, and especially, you know, we see God incarnate in Jesus Christ, when Jesus speaks... There's something, it's almost every time there's some kind of, there's just a vibrancy in the dialogue, you know, yeah. um, even if some might say, well, it's not much of a dialogue. He, he just said one thing. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But even, you know, as we know, he often answers a question with a question, you know, and, and we, that's what I really uh, encountered as preparing for this, for this show. Uh, in particular, the question Jesus asks is what is it that you are seeking? And so Joe, it may be good for us um, to read kind of the, the base scripture to give a little context before we really jump in, huh? Sure. And, and maybe, Mark, 
to set this up, I would like to invite our listening audience to consider something. As you talk about when God speaks, we should listen. You know, Mark, as this is our third question that we're exploring, um, it happens to be the first words of our Lord in public ministry. So what does that mean? For 30 years of his life in anonymity, for the most part, right, uh, there he was, the God-man, thinking about the first thing he would say, that which would uh, set the stage. If we were to think about this in our own life, maybe it's going on air to do a radio program or, or giving a talk or just being in front of a, a group of people in a gathering. Maybe we're thinking about the first thing we're going to say when we gather around family for this Thanksgiving, right? We spend time thinking about the things we're going to say. And, and often, Mark, maybe the first thing we, we are going to say, especially when it's maybe a talk we're going to give. Uh, here is God. For 30 years, thinking about the first thing he is going to say. And what is it but this question, right? What do you seek? What do you seek? What are you seeking? What are you looking for? As we've noted before, Mark, Jesus asked pointed questions for deeper engagement. uh, Jesus asked deeper questions, questions, pointed questions to stimulate conversation, to have those he was asking the question think more critically about the purpose that was before them, the purpose of life itself. So here we have the first of its kind. And so something to be thinking about when we hear these words that you're you're about to read, Mark, because again, these are the first words, and the first words are but a question. No, thanks, Joe. Great, great context because it is. It's this question is preceded by uh, roughly twenty years of anonymity, and so uh, you know, one of the last questions we discussed indeed was when Jesus was uh, a a budding teenager. You know, asking the question. So, so you're right. So, essentially, twenty years later, Jesus is back on the scene in public. And that's what is what he has to say. Well, let me let me read the scripture, Joe, and let's dive in. I, great point, great point. So we'll begin from the Gospel of John, chapter one, verse thirty-five is where we begin this morning. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he said, "Behold, the Lamb of God." The two disciples heard what he said and followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them. What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, was one of the two who heard John and followed Jesus. He first found his own brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. Then he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. And we'll end there where uh, we ended with verse 42. So, Joe, there's a lot happening here. There's a lot of movement happening here, you know, mm-hmm. as, as we're anticipating this and what, even as we were preparing for, for this. Um, the, the evangelist in me was... This is a part, I think, where I got so excited. Like, this is it. This, there's so much happening here, Joe, and this is what we'll unwrap in the next hour. But just from the initial 
starting with you know the starting with verse thirty five. When John, first John the Baptist, as we pick up right away, is referring to John the Baptist when it refers to John. And John immediately points to, behold, the Lamb of God. And so those who are following John, okay, and we believe to be Andrew and uh, John, son of, one of the sons of Zebedee, uh, immediately follows Jesus. And then Jesus, it's like he feels them following him, but he's not annoyed. He just feels, this, what are you looking for? Joe, let's, let's, uh, you know, let's get into this, as they say. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mark, you use the word movement, and that's really important because what you have here is the movement of a true disciple, right? You have hearing, right? You have uh, encountering, you have following, you have staying, and you have this going forth. So in these seven, eight verses, Mark, what you have is rightfully what you can call the movement of a disciple or maybe the thresholds of a di- disciple where you you mm. hear so as to encounter, you encounter so as to follow, you know, you, you, you follow so as to stay and you stay so as to go forth. In a more classical sense, Mark, when you hear the word disciple, you're talking about one who submits their whole manner of life to a spiritual master with the belief that that following the teachings of this teacher in how to think, what to choose, and how to live will bring salvation and ultimately happiness. Now, the Greek word for disciple, uh, there's actually a couple of Greek terms that are used when one reflects on disciple. I, I like to go to the Greek okolotheo. Um, it's a Greek word that means who follows or goes behind. So this is what you quite literally hear in the gospel you just read, right? Right, right. Or, or even better, Mark, I think the Greek there is one who pursues. So in sacred scripture, once the disciple uh, encounters Christ and chooses to follow him, there is an intense pursuit to get to know him. There's almost this, we could even say, Mark, excitable pursuit to get to know him. Because when when you read those verses, and we were talking about this yesterday, when you read those verses and Jesus asks the question, you know, what are you looking for? What do you seek? <laughs> the, the response is, uh, Jesus wherever you're staying. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Where else can we go? Of course, just just you go and we'll follow and, and let's there, do this. There's right? absolutely enthusiasm to be found. Yeah, th- th- there is. So we can say in essence, Mark, when you talk about, uh, talk about discipleship, uh, discipleship is about encountering. You know, as we come to know the saving love of Christ, we now ache to share God's saving love with, uh, with others. And this is a movement of grace. One might call it the grace of mission, being sent forth to proclaim a message to someone either through through words or actions. You know, it's interesting when you listen to the words in this passage, if you were to fast forward a little bit, uh, you have Jesus encountering Andrew and John and him saying, come and see. After Andrew and John remain with Jesus, then it's Andrew who reaches out to his brother Simon. And effectively, what does he say? Come and see, right? And then a few verses later, and you did not read these, but you can go to the end of the Gospel of John, and we have a similar movement happening. Jesus encounters Philip, and then what does Philip do? He goes to his friend Nathaniel, and he says, we have found, we have found the Messiah, the fulfillment of the law of Moses. And of course, the famous response there is, you know, what good comes from Nazareth? And as opposed to explaining to Nathaniel 
what good comes from uh, Nazareth? What does he say? What does Philip to say, say to Nathaniel? But come and see. So in the come and see, we have this, this invitation. This, why don't you come and stay, right? Why don't you come and be with him? And then you'll, you'll come to understand why I'm so excited, right? So collectively, this, what do you seek? In this first question is about an invitation. An invitation, Mark, to be with him. And we spend time talking about discipleship because in the end, for all of its definitions, discipleship is about the invitation, uh, just not from, from Jesus to us, but as we remain with him, as we, as we stay with him, from now us to others, as we evangelize for Jesus Christ. Because in the end, Mark, it is only Jesus Christ who can fulfill our ultimate happiness and desire. We're going to talk about this more later, but this really is the question, what do you seek? What is it that you're after? What are you looking for? You know, what, what, what pulls on your heartstrings? What's going on here? And they simply say, Mark, where are you staying? Where are you staying? Because in the end, that's what I seek. That's what I long for. That's what the dis- disciples teach us. And this is something we need to be thinking about. As once again, uh, it's the first question. And maybe, maybe the most important question. Well, indeed, Joe, and, and you're kind of hitting on a crux of, I won't say the crux of the matter, we could say that every every week, <laughs> you know? but yeah. what is so striking to me, Joe, as you were sharing and you're talking about the different movements, but in particular that invitation, how Jesus' response is to come and see, there's something very fascinating when we come to understand that that's, that's the invitation of Christ, and that his invitation, it's not just about, hey, learn more about me. Uh, see how many, how much you can know me, how well you're going to know, you know, in his time, how well will you know the Hebrew scriptures or in our time, even now, it's not even Christ calling out to us, inviting us to say, you know, how much you're going to know about me? How much will you learn about me? How well can you quote scripture? Although all those things are good, but his invitation is to come and see it is to teach us how to live the life, you know, yeah. and learning, learning scripture Learning the context of Scripture, the very thing you and I are discussing right now, this is good and we need to do this. I think we need to learn it because we do know that in coming to learn the Word, we learn about the Word, the Word incarnate, then we, it's one avenue of coming to know the Word incarnate, uh, Amen. person to person. We know this, but Jesus is very particular. It can't just stop there. Uh, there's, there's more there. Come and see. And it's not that He's even hold, holding them to the grindstone you know, or an ultimatum, or it's just, you can't help but hear the enthusiasm, even the enthusiasm coming from Jesus. Come and see. Read between the lines, because you're right, because there is something new. There's something exciting. There's the beginning of the fulfillment of scriptures, and I want you to be a part of this. And that that is very exciting. And of course, once you start to dive in, and you start to, you do come and see, and this is what we see, what is their response they can't help but turn around and want to share it with others. And that, it, this is where you make a great point. When Andrew goes to Peter and Philip goes to Nathaniel. Um, and I love, I love the, the, the humanity, the very real humanness. Can anything good, come good from Nazareth? Yeah, and, yeah. and part of what I think, I, I think if Jesus had a different response, 
I might feel justified to be even a little bitter. <laughs> Nathaniel, like, what's with your attitude, dude? Come on. He's just calling you out, you know, but no, it's, what does Jesus say? He affirms it. Here is a true Israelite. There's no duplicity in him, you yeah. know? And mm. so there's, well, how does he meet this kind of human nature? He affirms it. Mm. And it, then and it's kind of giddy up. Here we go. Yeah. And you know, Mark, there's something else going on and it even maybe gets more to your point. For John, the the uh, staying with him has a very rich theological context because the Greek there for staying is it's a meno. It's the same Greek word where you get abide, uh, remain, um, uh, verbiage that is all throughout the Gospel of John. And so it's just not going to a... You know, geographical place per se. That's part of it. But to go to a geographical place and to stay with him is to enter into spiritual communion with him. This is what John wants us to see throughout his gospel. So follow me, uh, stay with me, and when you do, you'll enter into a deeper intimacy with me. So staying with him, right, in the gospel of John really refers to an entering into divine intimacy with him. And so as you talk about, you know, the coming to be one who is uh, more learned in the way of Jesus Christ, certainly the word disciple itself, when you translate the Latin, uh, it points to that. But yeah. as it points to that, it wants to go deeper. And the deeper mark is, is spiritual intimacy, right? Spiritual intimacy, where you really get to know him. And here, there, there's something else that's quite interesting. I was reflecting upon this this morning as it dawned on me. You know, what do you seek? Uh, isn't interesting, Mark, that here we are talking about questions, and, and the first question is about, well, the question. Because the word question itself means what but to seek, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so when you talk about the questioning and, and the seeking, what are you talking about? But what you're looking for, what you're understanding. Uh, we define theology in its most simple terms as what but faith, seeking understanding. So in one sense, Mark, you don't need letters next to your name to be be a theologian per se. And I, and I, I mean this in a more simple sense, right? Yes, I get it. Letters can define a theologian, but in essence, we're all budding theologians to the extent, Mark, that we are all faith-seeking understanding. And when we stay with him, right, yes, we open up the word of God that we might be learned, more learned in the ways of Jesus Christ, but in, in remaining with him, we can better understand what it means what it means to be a faithful son or daughter of God. And so this, I think, really is is what our Lord is after. Uh, come and see. Stay with me. Remain with me. Enter into to divine communion with me. Learn more about me. And as you learn more about me, you'll learn more ways to love me in, in, a, in a more spiritually profound way. Why, Joe, one of the things I, I really appreciate, because we've lived in a life now that we've seen what happens when a theologian, if they have the initials behind their name, you know, and, and show great intellect... Uh, are without the life of being a disciple. Mm-hmm. And it's a very dangerous mm-hmm. thing. And, we, and we've seen that. And so the emphasis that you're giving on and the importance of staying rooted, that we're all budding theologians, really staying rooted. 
But until we got to jump on a break, when we come back, we're going to continue to discuss uh, these movements of Christ's invitation to stay with us and stay with Him. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more after this short coffee break. You're listening to Awaken on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to all your favorite local shows like Awaken and Real Presence Live on any podcast platform such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Amazon Music? Just search for Real Presence Radio on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes in the future. And don't forget to give us a good rating so others can discover the shows. Listen to your favorite RPR shows anytime, anywhere by subscribing on any podcast platform. Just search for Real Presence Radio today. I would just like to challenge other business owners. You know, sometimes we just focus on, you know, individuals and families, but truly, I mean, businesses can flourish, you know, under the guidance of, of Catholic Radio, too. You know, don't be afraid to to own your faith and to let others see it. You know, be a witness to it. And the best part, really, is just, you know, starting by supporting Catholic Radio. It's just such a vital part of our community. And the other thing is, is, I mean, when you look at our culture and all the different things that are happening in the world, isn't it good to get good, solid information from a source that you can trust? And it helps you in, in dialogue with so many people about different convers- you know, different conversations that you're having, whether it's, you know, politics or religion or, you know, whatever it is. But, I mean, Catholic Radio is just such a great, great source of information. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Welcome back to Awaken on the Real Presence Radio Network. Now back to more lively, faith-filled conversation with Mark and Dr. Joe Hallcraft. Welcome back to Awaken. And this morning, we're talking uh, from the scripture, Gospel of John, chapter 1, uh, verse 38, when Jesus asked the question, what do you seek? Um, and you know, kind of the, the word of the morning as we discussed this so far is movements. And what's what's Jesus inviting us into? Um, and Joe, one of the things we left off just before the break was really uh, you kind of set up beautifully. <laughs> Maybe you even did it on purpose. I don't know. <laughs> but you set up beautifully. Just really, what is this leading up to? This entering into a life of disciple really starts to lead up to a beautiful life of spiritual intimacy. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're talking mm-hmm. the heart of a disciple lies in lies in the hearing. The encountering, the following, and the staying. And I love what you said. And you, you hold pulled out the, the Greek word to stay. And it's not just pulling out the Greek word, but to understand what is Jesus getting at in you know, the context, so the, the Greek context there to stay. Uh, you used the word, uh, I think you said meno. meno. You yeah. mm-hmm. clearly pronounce yeah. it better than I do. <laughs> but really, uh, then, not just hinting, but what does that really mean? It means to, that's where we get to abide with Jesus, to remain in Jesus. So when Jesus says, remain in me, that's what he's saying. Uh, 
And so, and then you, you use that to launch into or to start to open up the door to spiritual intimacy. Well, my mind started to go down this, the road to holiness, you know, and what does it look like? And this is, for somebody, I've been involved in ministry, youth and young adult ministry for a number of years. This passage, too, is often associated Several vocations offices will use it, oh, yeah. and you know the vocation uh, to invite men to discern priesthood. You know what is it? Uh, what are you seeking? Um, so, Joe, share with us more even about that because I know obviously your work um, working for the Higher Calling Office at the Institute. You, you're diving right into this. These are the conversations you're having with vocations directors all over. So. I'm just, I'm curious, what are you hearing and what are you seeing from vocations directors as we're, we're literally discussing? This is one of the great scriptures that really, it's that Jesus, Jesus is inviting these men to come and see in the life of a priesthood, possibly, right? Yeah. Amen. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I think it was first Archbishop, the great Archbishop Fulton Sheen, Mark, who once said, and man, I could never agree with this any one statement more than this. <laughs> that uh, there, there is never a vocation crisis per se, as much as there is a crisis in responding or hearing Christ. Right. So, uh, why do I say that? Because when you look at the movement, right, of this text, what's the first movement? But here. Uh, here and and how do you hear Jesus by being in His presence? It's interesting, Mark. You spoke to my more regular work of um, being director of this high calling program that works with dioceses throughout the country. And you know, if there's 175 dioceses, then I I have probably gotten to know 175 vocation directors, and we talk about vocations a lot. And so it is something I'm discussing every day. And one of the things that I'm struck by, Mark, is, and it certainly goes back to this text, is, is what, what really stirs the heart, you know, towards a vocation to the priesthood, but by uh, hearing, <laughs> encountering, following, yeah. staying, and, and living the life of a disciple. We, we have, uh, the High Calling Program has modules, has courses on, you know, becoming and being a disciple. Why? Because to better understand what it means to be a disciple is to is, is to better understand what it means to be a faithful son of God and ultimately fulfill uh, God's will, right? Now, what's interesting about my work and, and what I have come to find, I recently had a bishop ask me, you know, Joe, you're, you're speaking with these vocation directors, if you can share with me what's working, and I can't get into all the details of that conversation, but one sure. thing we talked about, Mark, is where you find a perpetual adoration chapel, you will find a vocation, right? Why? Because, oh, I go back to what Archbishop Fulton Sheen said, um, there's not a shortage of, of vocations in as much as there's a crisis of responding, and we respond by hearing and we hear by encountering and remaining with him. So, so the young man or old, <laughs> right, yeah. who who hears the word of God, who remains with him, who abides in him, right, is is then going to respond. Uh, and I tell you, it's it's fascinating, Mark, in my work. What I've come to find that truly, if a diocese has perpetual adoration chapel, chapels, that diocese is thriving in vocations. If a diocese doesn't, that diocese tends to struggle. 
And I think it goes back to this passage, come and see. Every diocese or most dioceses have, quote unquote, come and see weekends. And, right, and that's right. great. And those are weekends where vocation directors and, and speakers will come in and talk to guys about responding to God's call. Amen. But we, what we have to understand is that what lies at the heart of this movement is the staying, is the remaining, is the abiding, is is just not, um, you know, uh, hearing the word of God, but by virtue of what you hear, then saying with your whole life, yes, and being able to do that by a faithful prayer life, going to Mass as frequently as we can, spending time with our Lord before the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, Jesus says to just not the man who's called to the priesthood, but really, Mark, to all of us, right? Come and see. He's inviting us to spend time with him. Right? And I focus again here on the Blessed Sacrament um, with the Eucharist and certainly in our devotions before the Blessed Sacrament, Mark, because this is how we best abide, <laughs> right? This is how we, you know, God does not live in the abstraction, but he's dwelling among us. The flesh dwelt among us. Uh, we're in the Gospel of John, what, chapters 35, chapter 1, verses 35 to 42, what, it was like 20 verses ago where we heard where we heard the, uh, the words, the flesh dwelt among us. So we can say to all those around us, if they're asking about Jesus, come and see. And to the man who's discerning a call to the priesthood, you know, come and see, stay with Jesus. I'd stay with Jesus. Uh, very, very important. And, and for all all the men out there, Mark, who might be listening to this program, I would really, really, really encourage them to think critically <laughs> about what we are speaking to here. Because if you do remain with him, you will enter into a divine intimacy with him. And when you do that, when you do that, your holy longing will be nothing more than to satisfy his desire for you. I mentioned it yesterday, Mark. Really, you can distill the the whole of the spiritual life as this call we have to desire God as much as God desires us, right? And and to live in that desire is is to be in His presence as much as we can, because that's what uh, forms the rest and shapes the rest of our day, huh? Well, I think that's that's what we're getting at when we're saying abide to abide with God. You know, I think sometimes we can get too locked in on some of the words of vocabulary, but really, I just think you gave a great definition, Joe. This is what we mean. This is what it means to abide in Jesus, is to abide in his love. Immerse yourself in his love. Well, what do we do to immerse ourselves in his love? Immerse ourselves in his holy word. Immerse ourselves around people who also love Jesus and know they are loved by Jesus. Uh, you know, you often hear the phrase, like-minded. Uh, it is important for us to be around like-minded people who are in love with the Lord. Not that we can't be, you know, part of that being like-minded means in our pursuit, and you use that as one of the definitions, one of the Greek definitions yes. in the life of yes. a disciple, right, is one who pursues, but we're pursuing the Lord. We're pursuing the way of the Lord, you know, and so it, it is fascinating. And Joe, I want to come back to when you're talking about your conversation, whether I think it was with the bishop and he asked you, you know, what are you seeing you know, in uh, your insight and reflection, and really what I hear, you're just reflecting. <laughs> you're in the position where you get to see uh, a, a big, big, big picture. A lot of us listeners don't necessarily get to see in regards to the work of vocations. So thanks for sharing just what you're seeing in that. Well, hey, so far it seems 
when I look at diocese, the diocese that seem to be, uh, that seem to offer and have perpetual adoration, those seem to be doing very well, or they're in a much better place, healthier place, with vocations, with men discerning priesthood. Hmm. My mind wants to go back, my mind goes back there because practically, uh, you know, which is so funny to say, what's the practicality of, you know, perpetual adoration? And that's not what I'm getting at, but what I'm getting at is, what are we doing to help create a place and space to foster mm-hmm. vocations? Mm-hmm. You know, so as lay people, you know, we're often asking the question, I do believe people are praying. We're praying for vocations. Several bishops, several priests will even write their own prayer of vocations for their diocese. Um, sure. Which that can be inspired in a very good thing. Uh, I know a lot of times different dioceses or parishes will work in a vocations prayer at the end of their prayers of the faithful. Um, But what are we doing to foster the holiness, uh, to to foster that deeper identity of that fullness of what it means to live life as a son of God? But again, as you said earlier, Joe, it's not just just that Jesus is talking to just these men for vocation to priesthood. He's talking to all of us. He's inviting all and all of us into this life of holiness. So what are we doing what are we, what, how can we encourage our priests? How can we encourage our bishops to create a place and space where clearly not just vocations would, would flourish and open, but holiness, a life of holiness? Mm-hmm. And what does that life of holiness do in a community? Oh, it's beautiful. It becomes a font yeah. of life. You know, yeah. so it, shouldn't be, it should be no surprise that we would see maybe a flourishing of holiness, we could say it that way, men and women, in these areas that show, like, well, what are they doing? Well, they're, they're pointing people to Jesus. And this is part of why we say Mary is one of our first, well, is our first disciple. Yeah. Uh, oh, she, yeah. you know, and we discussed that in our last show of how yeah. she points us to Jesus. Um, and Joe, let's come back to the importance, if we can, because you started to discuss even, you used the phrase, um, the one that just it taps at the spiritual life as well, holy longing. And you use that phrase a little bit. So the holy longing, and I couldn't help but want to link holy longing and to abide in Christ. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, Mark, there's, there is a particular challenge before us, right, with respect to this call to holiness. And that challenge is, in fact, inside the verses that you read, and specifically the question. You, you could say... That in the question, what do you seek or what are you looking for? It's interesting. Some passages, some Bibles have uh, that translation is, what do you want? What do you want is pretty weak, actually. It's more, what do you seek and what are you looking for? Uh, but in in the flow of that, in the flow of that narrative, there's other questions that we ought to ask ourselves every day. And it really is the ultimate kind of challenge or barometer, you know, uh, we talk about hearing, so we can ask the question, if not Jesus, what or who are we listening to? Uh, we talked about encountering, if not Jesus, what or who are we encountering? We talked about following and remaining, if not Jesus, Mark, what or who are we following and remaining with? Uh, we talked about talking about Jesus with others, if, if we're not talking about Jesus with others, who or what are we talking about with others? Right? And, and it, it doesn't take much to answer 
any and all of those questions because all we have to do is look at our day and how we are spending our time. When Jesus asks the question, what do you seek? He's essentially saying, you know, what are you doing? (laughs) How are you living your life? Right? What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? What's the last thing you do when you go to bed at night? What's your modus operandi? What, what, What gets you going in your day? Right? We live in a world, Mark, that is devouring information, uh, a lot of which is quite trivial. And as opposed to spending time with Jesus Christ so as to then be a better disciple for Jesus Christ. These questions, who are we listening to? Who are we encountering? We have to put these very hard questions before us. Right? And, and this This tends to kind of go into the direction of just more generally, not only how we spend our time, but yeah, you know what? What I seek, what I look for, what I long for is convenience, is power, is prestige, is pleasure, is comfort, is entitlement. All those things that the world says, this is what will satisfy your heart. Jesus says to us in all of that, what are you looking for? What do you seek? Right? Uh, to answer those questions, Mark, that I laid out, I think is, is to challenge ourselves. It's interesting. We, we play around with the word invitation, invitatio. Again, the Latin uh, invitation comes from invitatio or even better, like the provocatio is the, um, the Latin there, uh, to call forth, to call out. Uh, Jesus is, our Lord's invitation, Mark, it kind of calls out these questions, where we need to examine them, look at them. And so by doing so, then we are we can better respond to him, follow him, right? So the holy longing becomes um, what we desire. And as God puts the grace of desire into our hearts, we will begin, as we spend more time with the mark, we will begin to want to listen not to the the latest opinion or, or commentary to, to this or that, whether it be sports or politics, but no, Jesus Christ, the Word of God. You know, someone comes to me and says, boy, did you hear what happened in the world of politics today? Or boy, did you hear what happened in the world of sports today? We might respond with, you know, today's the the, the, the feast day of, of uh, St. Maximilian Col- Colby or whomever, right? right. So we become a reflection of, of what... Of, of who and what we spend our time with, you know, and, and this is why I think the question, what do you seek, is, is so important, because it does challenge us and it calls us out, right? The, the entirety of our vocation is, is to be drawn out from the world and into a life of Jesus Christ, a life of virtue, a life of living for mercy, and so on and so forth. But Joe, I think it's, it's significant. And, and it's significant, a fun way of saying, coming back to your point in, in the conversation we've been having so far this morning, and that the importance and the call to holiness doesn't lie with just those who are, quote unquote, more serious about their faith in light of, hey, they might be on the cusp of discerning priesthood, they might be on the cusp of discerning religious life. Um, but that call to holiness for all of us, um, again, they, it's that nagging question of, you know, so how, what can we do? Well, one of the things practically for our listeners we can do, I mean, and Joe, the questions you asked, they were a kind of examination. 
you know. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah. that's, that's something, that's the life of the church. You know, mm-hmm. if we do the liturgy, the hours, we, we have that opportunity every evening or at night, that night prayer, we examine our conscience. Uh, Amen. And so real quick, before we take off the break, some of those questions again, you know, and Joe, you broke it more open specifically to if you're not discussing and listening to Jesus and who are you listening to? But some simple questions, who are you listening to? Uh, who are you encountering? Who are you following? Who are you remaining with? Who are you talking about with others? Stay with us. We, we're rolling. We're rolling this morning with Awaken, and we want to stay with you when we come back, discuss who our saint is, who is a great witness to all these things discussed this morning so far. You've made the right choice to listen to Awaken. Stay with us. There's much more to come after this short break. This is Father Pfeiffer of the Diocese of Fargo, just reflecting on marriage between one man and one woman, initiated in the mind and the heart of God for procreation, for unity, and fidelity. When a man and a woman approach the altar, they're asking God the Father's blessing. As they ask God the Father's blessing upon their marriage, the man and the woman complement each other as the woman becomes the heart and the man the head of the marriage, just as the head and the heart work together in our own bodies. There's three ways that a woman will become the heart through nurturing, nourishing, and nesting the home front, where the man complements as the head the four Ps, to protect, to provide, to push for excellence, and to become men of prayer. How is your marriage doing in these three areas? How can you help others to see the significance of marriage in the eyes of God? Presence Radio is available on Google Assistant devices, including Google Home, phones, tablets, and smart displays. To start this action, say something like, Okay, Google, talk to Real Presence Radio. It will then ask what station you want to play, to which you can respond, Play Sioux Falls, or Play AM 970, or Play WWEN. From there, you can use words like Play, Pause, and Stop. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere, on Google Assistant devices. Searching for more great Catholic content? Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com. Find Catholic news you can trust, information about events coming up in the local area, and the latest on what's happening at the RPR Network. And don't forget that you can listen to any of our stations around the clock from anywhere in the world. Need prayers for someone or something in your life? You can submit those through our online form for the entire family to pray for. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. Online at realpresenceradio.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. Now, back to more Awaken, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Welcome back to Awaken. Uh, We are discussing Jesus' question, what is it you are seeking? What are you seeking? Uh, And Joe, this has been, this morning has gone by quite fast, really, at least to me, anyway. Uh, Which is usually a good sign, so I hope for our listeners it's one of those things that it's also a good sign for them. Uh, as they're tapping into, uh, again, it's, it's, we're tapping into the life of Christ. Uh, but now we're going to make a little jump. You know, I say we're tapping into the life of Christ. Uh, we're at the time of the show, and both Joe and I, we just, the Lord has really placed in our hearts a love of the saints. And really, there's such a great witness. That they give life, and, you know, put flesh to maybe sometimes what can be challenging 
Christian concepts or really just it's the life of holiness. It's a challenge to live. Absolutely. Uh, so this morning, who better to give, I think, a, a reflection and give, help give an example for us of, okay, well, we discussed, you know, what that holy longing looks like versus, in, I'm using a phrase, Joe, you use these creaturely comforts. You know, so to this morning, we're going to look to the example of St. Augustine of Hippo. Uh, yes, a lot, a lot is known about St. Augustine because of his writings. But I think what's so interesting and intriguing about St. Augustine of Hippo, you know, and part of why so, what's so known about him is what's known about him is his very testimony. And so this bears a, a, unique, uh, a unique part of a, the life of a saint that we can get to know because we hear literally his thoughts. We get to read what he was encountering and experiencing as he reflected in his own life. You know, a life that was really filled with bad practices early on and then experienced a conversion. Uh, and, you know, a few weeks back we discussed big for that conversion was the prayers of his mother, St. Monica. But St. Augustine, he lived, he was born in 354, northern Africa is where he spent most of his days growing up. Uh, he died in 430. Uh, so he actually lived a, a relatively full life. Um, some basic things regarding uh, Augustine of Hippo before we dive into you know, what he became known for, one of the great intellects of the church, that one of the titles given to him is the Latin father. Um, but what, he did not necessarily grow up uh, in, a, in a strong Christian environment, though his mother, Monica, was a strong Christian who really tried to raise Augustine in the faith, but that was not shared with her husband. And so Augustine, I think what won out was the witness of his earthly father at that time. Uh, but always educated. Augustine was a very educated young man. Uh, from what we read, again, from his most well-known uh, book is Confessions, and arguably his most important book, uh, but, you know, that's not an argument I'm going to take up today. <laughs> uh, in regards to Augustine, he grew up very intellectual. He got to learn from uh, some great thinkers and teachers in his day as a young man. Uh, but he got drawn in. You know, Joe, you talked about creaturely comforts. He got drawn in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, he, I don't want to say he was a womanizer, but he was certainly not shy yeah. with the ladies. Okay, fair to say that. All right. Uh, well, it's just it's so interesting. What does that mean now versus then? Um, but okay, fair enough. Uh, he got to know the ladies. He was very comfortable with them in that sense. Uh, so the, the physical prowess, he ended up having a child out of wedlock. Uh, and, and really, while he had a child out of wedlock, uh, he really didn't spend a lot of time with the mother or providing ways to look at how to support his child. Uh, as a young adult man, um, he continued to explore uh, physically unhealthy ways. Uh, but through it all, he was always asking the questions. He was always remaining with the philosophers of his day, asking the deeper questions. Um, was starting to come, become turned on to Christianity this is where we learn about his relationship that starts to develop between he and a gentleman we know as St. Ambrose. Uh, and Ambrose just clearly saw some gifts in him and started, you know, I'm going to use this word intentionally, but he's, Ambrose started discipling Augustine mm-hmm. and engaging in a relationship and in conversation with him. And Augustine, you know, essentially Ambrose was saying, come and see. And Augustine did. 
And then we learned he started Amen. to come to the Catholic faith. He started asking questions. He went through what we can say is now RCIA, uh, what that looked like in the early 400s, uh, and in, or late 300s, I should say. Late 300s, he comes to become Catholic uh, and ends up being one of the great, not just intellects of the church, but formers of the early Christian church, uh, and then a great leader within the church. Joe, I think Augustine's, there's a lot that is known about Augustine's story um, in general because of the, of the book Confessions, his uh, memoirs in a, in a sense, as he comes back. But one of the things that I think I'm most struck by with Augustine um, <clears throat> is his humanity even late in his life. You know, his, his humanity, I should say, his humility. You know, we really get a snapshot of his testimony, if you will, of his life story. You know, we've, we've become to know and use some of the quotes that he became so well known for. You know, oh Lord, we read this early in Confessions, our hearts are restless until they rest in you. But really, why those, you know, one-liners, if you will, they're so potent is because he's first saying, my heart is restless until it rests in you, O Lord. Mm. Mm. And he's internalizing the faith that gives, I think, a, a profound witness to us. Yeah. You know, there's something to be said, Mark, about um, how we love to be a part of a wider narrative, right? We have talked about this before, how each and every one of us belong to the mystical body of Christ and have a very unique expression to offer the world. So each and every one of us uh, have this unrepeatable gift to give to the world. And it's, it's a staggering thought, really, to, to think about it, that, that, uh, that you, me, and all of our listeners are unrepeatable. That God says to us, you are entirely unique and I have a special plan for you. Uh, and, and so we, we live out that plan and, and all that that's supposed to be. And, and hopefully as we do it, we, we do so for the glory of God. And as, as we read about the lives of the saints, Mark, what are we reading about? Well, those who have lived out that particularity, right? Um, and I find it fascinating that when you go into the lives of the saints, especially those saints who offer up a memoir as you speak to it, we are drawn to it. Uh, it's interesting, with St. Augustine, the book Confessions, after the Bible, <laughs> I think it's the uh, next most purchased book in Catholic history, right? Mm. Why? Because we are drawn to <laughs> uh, the, the, the story that, that, that has the protagonist and the antagonist, that the narrative, um, we're drawn to drama. Right? And no doubt, St. Augustine does not hold back in his book Confessions uh, the drama that is his life. And we all have a drama. We are all living out uh, our narrative, and all our narratives are drama. He just happened to have a pretty unique one that, uh, that speaks to something I, I think that touches all of our hearts, which is, as you spoke to it, humanity. You know, to... To read the life of a saint, uh, especially St. Augustine, is to be surprised that um, before they were saints, they were sinners, yeah. right? Yeah. And to truly understand that is to understand that even while they were living out their sanctity and holiness and, and pursuit of being a saint, they were sinners. 
uh, which is to always remember that they are human beings like us, right? It's First James 5, or James uh, chapter 5. Human beings like us. And so it's a point of encouragement, I would say, for sure, Mark, St. Augustine. Um, many people have read confessions and have been so moved, it's led to profound conversion because of his conversion. Mark, I want to highlight something you said and, and actually um, offer a, a, the wider quote because St. Augustine is probably uh, most known for his statement, um, my heart is restless until it rests in you. Well, what's interesting about that quote is, and maybe it's overquoted, <laughs> I don't right, know, right. Something, but it seems like that quote is overquoted, uh, and it's often misquoted or it's not fully quoted. And I think to, to get to the heart of it is to see the, the, the few sentences before that, because he says in the book of Confessions, and this is in, again, this is in his opening chapter, uh, you stir man to take pleasure in praising you. So he says, and this is a, this is a the rendering of Latin, you stir man to take pleasure in praising you. Because you have made us for yourself. Because you have made us for yourself. Mm -hmm. And there is, you know, uh, the restlessness of the heart, right? So you stir man to take pleasure in praising you because you have made us for yourself. And our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. So you stir man to take pleasure in praising you. What is St. Augustine saying there? What's the context? Well, Worship, Mark. Worship, right? Worship defines our discipleship. Worship defines our vocation. You know, the church exists for three things. Three things. And this is uh, Benedict XVI, but really he's echoing the, the church fathers. Worship, evangelization, and service to the poor. Why is worship first? Because if God alone isn't first, we're going to replace him with something else, Right? We're going to replace him with something else. That's that's <laughs> the, the the profound significance of the question, what do you seek? Jesus asks that question to you and I and all of us because what he wants us to see is that if you are seeking anything other than me, then you will never be able to evangelize and serve the poor as you ought. So when St. Augustine says... <laughs> Lord, you stir the heart so that it, it praises you, right? And this is a great pleasure. If this becomes the first thing, which it will by the grace of God, of course, then everything else will fall into place. Not only will we evangelize and serve the poor as we ought, but as St. Augustine notes, our hearts will be satisfied. You know, I... I don't know if we've talked about this on air or over the phone, Mark, but it's becoming a thing in the Holcraft family, uh, at least in in Northeast Ohio, for the kids. And this is just really recent of the past few months. Um, it's it was started with Avila, so I have four kids for our listening audience: two boys, two girls. My oldest is oldest girl's Avila, and. One day she she was baking something and it, and it came out and she looked at me. She's like, "Ah, oh, Dad, isn't that just so satisfying?" <laughs> I'm like, oh, 
Sure. That I has guess. become yeah. a common a common household phrase for us too. The boys. This yeah, is so yeah. satisfying. Yeah. 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 It's it's hilarious. And then you know, my, uh, Isaac, my oldest son, uh, for our listening audience, he had baked something. He's you know trying to do the baking thing, and it came out. He made this. Um, this raspberry braid, it was legit, right? He was spending time with grandma. You know, she she showed him how to do it, and he was all about it. And it came out, and it looked great, and it was a croissant it, a crust. It was just great. And he just, oh, dad, this is this is so satisfying, <laughs> right? There is this um, this kind of ah, oh, you know, this kind of exhale, this rest, this peace. Now, I, as I talk about my kids. Um, I'm not speaking to some deep spiritual truth in as much as I'm saying on a human level, they're actually speaking to something, right? Because (laughs) they are seeking uh, in their own world the perfection of what they're doing. And when it comes out as they ought, they are, well, quote, uh, unquote, satisfied. In the Christian life, in the Catholic life, we all seek uh, the higher good. Uh, we all we are all seeking something, and in the end, isn't it that deeper satisfaction, that deeper peace, uh, that that deeper sense of just being in the presence to that which fulfills, to whom you know we are called to. And so, uh, ultimately, Mark, I think what Saint Augustine is speaking to as he puts an emphasis on worship, uh, as it as he as he speaks to restlessness. We need to remember that, that again, and this brings us back to the Blessed Sacrament, there is where we will find peace, fulfillment, and, and a sense of direction. Well, that the words satisfaction, fulfillment, peace would all resonate with each other, especially, you know, we're talking in the life of St. Augustine, how he gives witness, but ultimately gives witness to what stirs in all of us, uh, that holy longing. You know, and, and I think it's important to acknowledge, Joe, because you, you, you briefly alluded to it in regards to these discerning men who are considering seminary and or priesthood. But uh, sometimes what they see, is it's the lack of peace. And so when they encounter and experience that peace, and all the things we were discussing this morning already, how we're, what, you know, we're encountering that peace. It's not forced. You can't force it because... It's, it's going to come from Jesus. It's that gift given from Jesus to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do think uh, all too often in the Christian life, you know, that we, are, we do try to force these fruits of the Holy Spirit. We do try to force what really what naturally comes when it's supposed to blossom or unfold in its proper time. Trusting in God's timing, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's a life of discernment, uh, but ultimately in our pursuit of that faithfulness. Joe, we got to wrap it up. It's been such a blessing this morning uh, being with you. Uh, St. Augustine, his, his life, his witness. Well, before I try to launch us into something new, let's just ask for his <laughs> intercession as we wrap it up. St. Augustine of Hippo, pray for us. Pray for us. This has been Awaken on the Real Presence Radio Network. Awaken comes to you every second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 7 a.m. Central with Mark and Dr. Joe Hallcraft. 
Want to listen to the show again? You can find the podcast any time of the day or night on our website at realpresenceradio.com slash awaken or on the Real Presence Radio app in the podcast section. Again, that's realpresenceradio.com slash awaken or in the free Real Presence Radio app. Be sure to join us again next time for more Awaken with Mark and Dr. Joe Hullcraft.